Hello and welcome to this new podcast on how to live in balance with your inner and outer nature, inspired by native Indian ways of living, the middle way of Wu Wei, Qigong, Yoga, the Vedanta, non-violence and peaceful walks in beautiful nature. So please enjoy. I will start off speaking about an article that I wrote some years ago and I introduce it by a quote from Chief Seattle who was a leader of the Squamish and Duwamish Native American tribes. He said, Humankind has not woven the web of life. We are but one thread within it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. All things are bound together and all things connect. The intense uh, global climate changes we are witnessing these days are consequences of the ch- of lack of effective measures against those. Uh, the earlier outspoken American president Donald Trump said that the global climate changes was a concept developed by China in order to make American products less competitive. This comment created an image in my head that of a heavily drunk president in a huge gas balloon heading towards the upper atmosphere in full speed, not unlike many other toxic gases which are have been released into the atmosphere. In opposition to Trump, most indigenous peoples and many of us others, we think that all life is connected. A small and exterminated insect may in fact have fatal consequences to an entire ecosystem and the bees are in the danger zone. Some medias, publicities and people, they use the expression man against nature as they make selfies on top of Mount Everest while some others are swimming in the Arctic Ocean, half naked, or sitting on top of a dead African lion. Nature, however, is usually not very impressed by such achievements, and she takes revenge, creating headlines such as People frozen at Mount Everest, Man drowned in the Arctic Ocean, or Man attacked by widow lion while triumphing over dead male lion. So, what is the basis for this worldview? In my view, it started with the Industrial Revolution and the Scientific Revolution in the 1800s, with uh, philosophers like René Descartes and uh, later Immanuel Kant and all the famous economical thinkers such as Adam Smith and many others. They claim that humankind is more important or valuable than nature and that nature is a servant to humankind. This has often been referred to as anthropocentrism. The worldview has this worldview has placed man above and against all other living creatures and has led to irresponsible abuse of nature the dumping of plastic causing the death of many sea mammals with their bellies full of plastic bags, the planned deposit of chemical waste in the fjords of Norway, and of course climate loss, climate change and nature loss, which causes irreversible climate changes everywhere in, in the world. I wonder, I've been wondering, how, how would the world have been if if these philosophers of the of the scientific revolution and the industrial revolution they never succeeded with their thinking and their world views would the climate have acted less like a wild lion and more like a grinding cat and maybe donald trump would have been as wise as gandhi and men and women would have enjoyed their life lives in nature Well, the French philosopher Henri Bergson claimed that life consists of movements and changes, processes and tendencies going into and sustaining each other. His worldview is more in line with that of Native Americans, who said, the completeness of life must be respected in order to bring about health on this planet, to understand each other as the ripples when a stone is tossed into the waters. The circle starts small and then it grows 
until it fills the entire lake. Well, the world is changing, and so are the attitudes towards nature and the environment. Today, many voluntaries are helping nature by cleaning up plastic from beaches, and uh, new mining companies wants to exploit the waste instead of dumping it into the sea, and scientists and environmentalists are working on solutions for how to solve the climate crisis. Let me put it this way, that humanity have turned negative situations in the past and we can do so again. Maybe we also should start swapping our old and useless worldviews of dualism and anthropocentrism with a more holistic, full one, where everything is bound together and thus we can create peace and balance, balance again on the planet. I wish to continue this journey into the ways of nature living more in accordance with nature by speaking of a book that I'm now reading. It's called The Time of the Black Jaguar and it's written by a native Peruvian called Arkan Lushwal. In the second chapter of the book, The Truth Hidden Under the Sand Dunes, I read, Our ancient grandfathers had a mind very different from ours. Their mind was really free and wise naturally connected to the sacred motion of the cosmic forces. They built on a world on Earth which was like a mirror where the cosmic dance could reflect itself and resonate and where all beings could receive the nourishment of this vibration. I find Lushwala's book really fascinating and inspiring and he speaks to my heart in the way that he he represents nature and how to get more in contact with our outer nature, which also reflects our inner nature. And in the next chapter called The Sun, Lightning, Volcanoes and Humans, I read that the high-tech, high-speed modern world and its global economy is a continuously growing giant. Humankind has consumed millions of tons of resources taken from the planet during the last decades, pushing many forms of life to the verge of extinction. In this modern society there isn't any consistent practice of tradition used for compensating the earth for all that is taken from her. There are no social habits directed to returning energy and beauty to the big holes that are left after resources are cut out gathered and consumed. This quote in Lushwala's book is really important for how can we continue pursuing precious metals and minerals from the earth without ever considering giving anything back and how to live more in, in, in the natural way is to respect our mother for who she really is, one that really cares for all of us. This brings me to the next chapter where he calls it the power of giveaway ceremonies which enlightens the way of natural living and seeing the results of how what happens when we do not do that. So he says all indigenous healers and also the common people they know that illness is a product of some energy which is got stuck when ceasing to flow, it lost its vitality, its nourishing power, becoming the opposite, some kind of black hole which sucks all the energy around it, destroying life itself. Any human attitude that prevents the universal energy to circulate freely is creating illness. And this is a very important um, aspect and fact about what's really happening when we see so many illnesses such as cancer and Alzheimer's and many other things which are related to our ways of living in the industrial world. He continues, when goods harvested from the earth or energy given to us for free by the cosmos stop circulating freely, the circle starts to vanish the great circle of life becomes weak and ill, 
and as a result many forms of life that are part of the circle experience a lack of what they need to sustain their lives and the world we live in is impoverished. At the end, the circle where vital energy flows seeking to nourish all living creatures is replaced by a man-made vertical structure in which those at the top have more access to the goods than those at the bottom. In this structure, everyone has the potential of getting sick. This is also an image of what we see in the world today, like for example, between the rich countries of industrialized countries, opposed to those who live in poverty in developing countries, with no ways of sustaining a good life due to the economical crisis which we see in so many places around the world today. And Lushwala continues writing about the lack of intelligence in modern economy. So he says that modern economy contains an ambitious aspect that makes a few entrepreneurs take even the most authentic and beautiful of what people create and then they convert it into a source of profit. Looking at it with simplicity and without judgment, it is very foolish and not very intelligent to destroy the source of profits that sustain the economy. And that is Mother Earth. She's the source and is being destroyed in a short amount of time by supposedly the most intelligent civilization that has ever existed. But a civilization that turns an ancient give away ceremony with the power to keep life in balance into a business that creates fun and profit for a few. It is, from Lushwala's point of view, falling down the path of oblivion and it puts us all in danger. In a sacred economy, he discusses how wisdom, generosity and compassion should be the main driving forces behind the world's economy and not the business plans of investors who can't see yet that it's impossible to make themselves truly happy without making everybody else happy. Creating natural and ecological products is not enough for changing the destructive ways of the modern economy. In truth, our whole economic system needs to become natural, ecological and sacred. This will be possible when the consequences of all that we do are measured, taking a serious look at the possible effects of health and well-being of all people, all forms of life and generations to come. And this points to the next part, which is that unconditional love is an economical issue. In the old days there were no money, and so the lack of money didn't make anyone poor. Now it's completely different. Taking the time to choose something to give to another as an act of reciprocity and gratitude is always an action of the heart. Our economy can be generated from the heart, opening the possibility for a culture of the heart to be developed in the world. The ways that we inherited from our indigenous ancestors are becoming mixed with the rules of marketing and now we have to be very careful because the best that we can share with the world is the ways of the heart. We could lose ourselves if we embark on a competition for getting clients. Our ancestors did not have clients, they had relatives whom they helped unconditionally, trusting that they understood the need for reciprocity. How do we deal with people who do not understand the refined ways of reciprocity? Do we become like them or patiently wait for them to learn? Lushwala personally believes that it is our task to give a good example of how strong our will can be when we decide that our love for the people and the great sacred power is unconditional. We need to trust in, the, in that which we want others to trust, that the great sacred power will always give us what we need. And all that I've been discussing until now is very important because it brings us to the heart of the very essence of what Lushwala is trying to convey in this book. And I found it very 
giving and very interesting because it's it's a way of opening the new way of thinking which is necessary for the times to come and he continues that when human societies are truly walking a good path then their spiritual life and the economical system will match and all the practices of unconditional reciprocity and generosity that have been mentioned they are both economical and spiritual practices they have the power to connect and blend our spiritual and material aspects with our heart shining in the middle and then he continues to the to the subject which is so important nowadays discussing the very essence of what is happening around in the world with so many conflicts and wars and he says that none of us wants any more wars because he he don't want children and all other children to experience the atrocities of war in their lifetime he insists on saying with the loudest voice the unconditional love we so often speak about has to be reflected in the way that we run our economies we all need to be genuinely willing to do our give away and participate in the generous circulation of vital energy or money if you want to see it in that way around the planet and for the well-being of all life Lushwala uh, makes an example in the next chapter called people suffering in paradise we are told by community leaders that they declared themselves comunidad de paz de san jose de apartado or a peace community in 1997 to avoid constantly having to decide between two or three bad choices they wanted to be free to choose peace as they know very well every time they took sides with one they became enemies and targets of the other so seeing that their lives were torn apart by war they had not chosen they decided to no longer take sides with violence they officially declared themselves a peaceful pueblo in which firearms are not allowed and its members refuse to carry them Lushwala was there and clearly saw the large sign at the entrance of the village we are a peace community weapons are not allowed past this point we do not drink alcohol and all our work is communitarian now imagine what would happen if mother earth was freed from the possessive grasp of human greed and territorial competition that we see in so many places there wouldn't be much people putting mines under her skin she wouldn't get bombed and she wouldn't have to weep when feeling the blood of innocent children penetrate her body this issue apparently a political issue is really a spiritual issue liberating mother earth we liberate ourselves from the tension we live in always competing for territory and wounding ourselves on the way we can just take care of her and let her take care of us with no doubt she will give us all that we need when we pay attention she's the one who teaches us the loving without conditions is truly an economical issue lushwala continues using a notion which has become so popular in his own pueblo his people of peru and that is the meaning of the word munai the meaning is as vast as the universe because the best but the best way to translate translate munai is according to his understanding the will of the heart munai in a broader sense is the immense power that lives in the human heart that allows us to act in favor of what we love and what we truly want for those who want to put it in a simpler way it works to just say compassion or to just say the will the good will so the indigenous peoples they seek an experience that allows us to recognize from the depths of our flesh to the heights of our divine self that the stronger powers of life come from the spirit from the spirit from the heart 
where the spirit dwells. And when we feel like we are dying and suddenly witness the help that shows up for us, we recognize that Unchimaka from the Lakotian language or Pachamama from the Runasimi language of the Peruvians. The earth where we are sitting is really our mother. We recognize that she has a very big Munai acting on our behalf. To be struck by her Munai is like being struck by a lightning. So much love. It is in this way that many of us feel for the first time our own Munai being born in our chest. It's like having the love of our Mother Earth help us with a jump start. Then it is up to us to keep that fire lit in our hearts, alive in our daily life. Those who have gone to the hill to cry for a vision have returned with a gift. It is a great gift to receive a vision of oneself, to increase the understanding of who one is and what it is to be a real human being, part human and part spirit. It is a great gift to experience direction and not from a book. No, the munai of the earth, the munai of the entire universe and the awakening of our own munai, it feels so good to be alive. Can you imagine a society where everyone has Munai in their heart? A world in which humans are not only loving people, but people who love and will to support what they love. That they are one and at the same thing. Can we imagine this? Times like the one we are now in are especially difficult for all of us. We are at the end of a very, very long cycle where social and planetary changes is born from a cosmic command that we humans have no other choice but to obey. These difficult times are good for us because of how they squeeze and change us. They contain the most valuable opportunities and they could be dangerous for those who remain asleep and fail to develop a partnership with what has come to changes. Well, sages of many indigenous nations and other ancestral nations of the world say that we are now at the end of a very long cycle, the complete cycle of our present humanity. And the elders also say that the lack of preparation for the change that is coming is alarming. And I feel that this is very important to discuss because Many people need to wake up and find a way to live more in balance with our divine self, which we can truly, utterly find if we go back to nature and explore our outer nature together with what we can feel inside of us. The elders in Peru, which helped Lushuala to understand the cycles of life, explained that the complete cycle of humanity goes through three movements or times. First time comes the times of creation, next the time of conservation, and last is the time of re renewal. Of these three times, the time of conservation is the longest. It always ends when the essence of the beginning has been forgotten, when magic can only be found in certain societies and stories and young people rebel against formalities that have no freshness or explanation. At the end of the time of conservation there is also evident corrupting by those who have held positions of power for a long time leading to an epidemic loss of human values. And this is clearly what we can see in many places in the world today especially and among our own culture in the West of the, the well values that we see of materialism and very often selfishness. The tension continues to grow until humanity becomes like a bomb ready to explode or a woman ready to give birth. Now the third movement arrives, the time of renewal. This is the shortest and most intense of the three, the times when purification is needed so life can continue. So, what does it really mean that the calendar ends? 
Is it not the end of life? It is only the end of time, as in the case of our spiritual journeys. It is the cosmic reset button being pressed. When time ends, the effects of all that comes from the past are neutralized, for the new beginning to be pure, free and uncontaminated. This event, the end of the movement of time, is more profound than a physical event. It is a spiritual experience that has immense potential to change our perception of our world. It has to do with the state of our being. Now, the ultimate healing is always the total renewal of life, the offering that Taku Wakan Skanskan, that something sacred in perpetual motion, gives us to have a clean new start, so we can leave the mistakes and pains of the past behind. The reward for our efforts comes when time is over, when the future is no longer a consequence of our past, but a new reality born from the Cosmic Mother, who became pregnant with our prayers, dreams and visions. And this time that we have been moving into now, it's been referred to as the times of the Black Jaguar, because the Black Jaguar is a very sacred and very special animal for native Peruvians. The teachings of the spider is another aspect, knowing that the sacred power that renews all life, the time of the black jaguar, it may arrive at any moment to wake us up in painful ways. We consciously choose to go through ceremonies of life renewal. In the great circle of life, everything is connected as well as cared for by the divine power. And during vision quests, we receive the blessing of realizing that we are inside of this great circle and recognize that as part of it, we are always being taken off by something very sacred. When we don't feel taken care of, it is just because we are not available to the source. We have not opened ourselves up enough. So, caught in our heads, we are too busy, distracted, or with our doors closed, which is the case for many of us, unfortunately, who has not opened their hearts to the spiritual journey, which I myself have been finding in, for example, practices like yoga and qigong, and long walks in nature. Lushwala is experiencing with a vision quest by speaking and listening to the different kinds of animals found in the wild. And this time he speaks to a spider. And the powerful vision that he sees is that when you have your heart awake, like now, the spider told you, all that you want to becomes to you without you making too much effort. This takes me to another aspect of the tradition of Taoism also, which is not mentioned in Lushwala's book, but Taoism has a notion called Wu Wei, which means to not to do something, but to go or swim with the flow. But we not, must not uh, misunderstand this notion, because the Taoist effortless action does not mean to not do anything. No, it means to do things with a different mindset than to achieve something. Because this is the masculine way of doing things. So that we are doing is felt natural and in a natural pace and speed, where we don't exhaust ourselves, but walk on the natural way of what is possible and natural for us. And this is the essence of my podcast, to discuss how can we find our ways to live more in tranquility and in balance with our outer and inner nature. And the Taoist, like so many native Indians, he does not battle against his flaws or regrets, but instead he interprets them as integral parts of his journey. He understands that the very essence and the experience and choice and misstep 
that he does has shaped him into being who he is now. In his acceptance he finds peace with his past and present. And for the Taoist it's important to walk on Wu Wei, which is the golden middle way between doing and non-doing, between doing and meditation. And it's all, always a question of authenticity, being who you truly are. And uh, the great work of the Taoism called the Zhuangzi points to the benefit of taking the middle path of Wu Wei, between action and non-action. This means that we shouldn't stre stretch ourselves beyond our means, but we always must remain centered so that we conserve our health and stay close to our own nature. So follow the middle, go by what is constant, and you can stay in one piece. Keep yourself alive, look after yourselves and your parents and live out your years. Instead of adding to knowledge, we let go of knowledge until we reach a point of inner stillness. And in this stillness and state of emptiness, we feel content and happy. This is our true happiness and nature. Lushwala remarks in his chapter The Teaching of the Spider that it was about time for him to be able to trust his own heart's capacity to call and attract all that he needed and wanted without forcing himself to or anyone else. So as a man he realized it was time for him to let go of the forceful masculine way of getting what he needed for him, for his family or for the world around him. He became very interested in learning about the ways of the feminine nature. He wanted to stop his way of going to work like someone who is going to a war. And for this to be a very to be a small contribution to the healing and change of the world where our children are now growing up. Men who have strong masculine nature have a natural inclination towards certain attitudes such as conquering, protecting and fiercely fighting for something important to them. Lushwala don't mean to say that there is something inherently wrong with these masculine qualities, but if na nature put them in us, then they must be useful for something and for sure in our communities something they are. But they need to be in balance and not overused, or they end up crushing the soft movements of the feminine nature that permeate all the spheres of human life. He learned that from the Lakota Ate, father, how his ancestors took care of creating this balance. One day he shared with him about the Lakota warrior did the old days when coming back to their village after being in battle. They had been brave and knew when leaving home that they may not come back alive. So when being gifted with the opportunity to return alive back to their people and their families, they had to take care of something really important to them. They had to leave the warrior outside the village. The way they took care of this, my his father told him, was by having someone wipe off the warrior paint from their faces. In this ritual, the paint that marked their faces before going into battle was totally removed with prayers and songs. The man would then be freed from the warrior, and the warrior wouldn't bring his bravery, his trauma, or his fighting skills into the village. At home, the women were in charge of the collective well-being of the community, making sure that everyone from children to the elders are being cared for and nourished. Warriors turned into gentle men who respected and nourished the head, the heart of the women. So what the spider taught him worked in the same way for the warrior in him. It wiped away a certain image he had about himself as a man and increased his respect for all that is feminine. Being immersed in the sacred time when it happened, he did not only had the chance to learn, 
but also to change his perception of himself in this case, which gave him the power to continue improving his behavior. Lushwala realized that as a man he could learn to be guided by a feminine principle, and he suspected that it is the same for a woman. Sometimes she can be guided by a masculine principle. These are sacred universal principles that guide all of us, and they belong to the place beyond the cultural norms and the beliefs that differ, 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 differentiate men and women. Now, these things that I've been speaking of here is really important how, to, how we can live and to see the way of the natural course instead of fighting for something which is uh, out of balance. Lushwala continues um, his discussion on the balance between the, f the sacred masculine and feminine as of speaking on the relationship between men and women, which is still a source of much illness and destruction on earth. Because not knowing how to arrive at the longed-for experience of, of pure love and profound intimacy, frustration and deep resentment grow in the human souls. In too many cases, these emotions they turn into aggressive behavior and severe illness of the mind and body. So, he says, that unless we heal this condition, condition and allow the feminine principle to enter the hearts of both men and women, some men they will continue wanting to live for fighting and conquering. And there will be more wars. Economical, military and religious warlords will continue running our societies and this false masculine force will it well it will continue being the image of power for most human beings. Lushwala points um, to the fact that uh, for boys to become men, more awareness is actually needed. It's not enough to have their first wet dreams and realize that now they are capable of making babies. Boys need to con consciously choose to become men and they need to work on it. Real manhood, as he understands it, with the help of the animals, is only the result of work and learning, and it must never be taken for granted. He says, boys need to be taught and initiated into becoming men, and the animals helped him to see how most nations around the world are in human crisis and it is due to the lack of initiations and teachings for boys to become real men. So strongly seeking examples of masculinity, boys are receiving false models, full of violence and arrogance, and born from the media and the problems of the male adults. But will, with the help of the animals and nature around him, he started to become clear to Lushwala that in a society with a lack of real models of masculinity, most boys grow up with insecurities. He points out two kinds of males that are not good for societies and the development in the world. And these two is the abusive males and the suckers. The abusive males use their physical and mental strength to overpower women and they put them under themselves and their own control. And then there are the suckers which repeat with their girlfriends and wives the same patterns as they learned as babies to get their mother's attention and milk. The abusive one is really afraid of his lack of personal power so he needs to constantly put down the females to feel that he is the one who rules. Lushwala says that he could see that both men and women have been promoting the development of this false masculine force, which is just the external manifestation of their image of power. 
Nowadays, everyone feels entitled to be powerful in the family and in the world, and the false masculine is ruling. Lujuala was able to understand that we are not really suffering from an excess of authentic sacred masculine principle. We are suffering from an excess of a false masculinity. The world isn't really suffering from the excess of masculinity. There is a serious lack of authentic masculinity. From what he learned in his many travels and deeply observations of the ways of other cultures, he said that in most parts of the world women used to be the heart of not only their own families but also of their entire communities, and from their heart the most grounded wisdom and intuitive intelligence were always offered for the benefit of the people. In some places it is still like this, but the loss of the deepest feminine presence in the modern world runs at the same rate as the loss of trees in the forests. Nowadays it is more difficult for many women to trust their own intuition, to trust in the achievements offered by modern education is easier, which is reducing the presence of feminine intelligence in the world's communities. Even in our indigenous communities there are fewer grandmothers like the ones in the old days where so full of wisdom was given orientation to the young ones, no matter how many braves and excellent men and communities might have, they would never dispute the most elevated position and the most humble, the ones of the grandmothers. Ringed like a turtle, wise as the weaving of snakes, loving, sweet and funny, she is always the medicine that never fails, a source of balance for everyone. And grandma's wisdom is not being heard as much as it used to be, so she is talking less. The loss is immense because grandmothers keep and pass on the memory of the ancestors. Not listening to the wise grandmothers who are still with us, unfortunate enough, but on top of that, little girls and young women in most parts of the world aren't trained anymore to become the wise grandmothers of the future. We are suffering of lack of the important help grandmothers can provide in a time of crisis like the one we are in today. The unity of women and men. As men who want to be real, we need to be trustworthy like the sun, who never fails to appear in the morning. And here, this brings me to an experience that I myself had some years ago. I was out walking in the forest with my family, and then suddenly I felt the presence of the sun on the sky, and I felt one with the sun as the sun is a part of me, and I am a part of it, because of the energy. And Edward Mitchell, who was an astronaut who came to the moon, he also said something similar, that his bo my body is connected to these stars. A man should learn from another man to be the sun's child, Lushwala says, to stay firm in the place from where he nourishes and nurtures the feminine, without allowing his own little needs and personal defenses to get in the way. The sun, our cosmic teacher, never fails to appear in the morning. He is trusted, and because of trust, life on earth has balance. According to principles of physics, the sun creates curvature in space that allows the earth to be in permanent motion, always remaining in orbit without becoming lost in the infinite universe. Lujuala believes that women need us to be present, fully present, in a similar way. Healthy masculine intelligence is a powerful balancing force in nature, but its goal is not to annihilate the feminine or defeat the mystery.
Lujwala says that men need to complete the return to women, become a gift for them, like real men. We need to come back home from battle and little, and like the warriors of the past, wipe the war paint off our faces before we enter the sacred space. And this brings me to the final part of this podcast and um, next time I will be speaking more from Lushwala's book um, The Time of the Black Jaguar and I will continue with the chapter which is called Good Thoughts Are Born in the Heart. Right now a great full moon has risen on the horizon here in western Norway in the in the north this is the 27th of of november 2023 it's been a pleasure to to walk with you on this natural path been talking about the book the time of the black jaguar also discussing elements from my article man against nature and now i wish to continue shortly with a poem written by Jane Willis called Wild Child and goes like this They caught the children and put them in zoos They caught the wild children and put them in zoos They made them do sums and wear sensible shoes They put them to bed at the wrong time of the day and made them sit still when they wanted to play They scrubbled them with soap and they made them eat peas. They made them behave and say pardon and please. They took all the wisdom and wildness away. That's why there are no wild children in the forests today. So let me come back to this article, Man Against Nature. And I will use these few minutes left to repeat a very important quote by Chief Seattle from the Native American tribes. He said that humankind has not woven the web of life. We are but one thread within it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. All things are bound together and all things connect. The completeness of life must be respected in order to bring about health on our planet, to understand each other as the ripples when a stone is tossed into the waters, the circle starts small and then it grows until it fills the entire lake. I wonder how the world would have been if if the, the world view of competing with each other and greed had not been there. The climate would have acted less like a wild animal and more like a grinding cat. And People like Donald Trump would have been wise as Gandhi and men and women in the industrial world would have enjoyed living in accordance with their outer and inner nature. Thank you very much and see you next time. And
And I think about all the things that I am grateful for And they say, hold on to the ones you love Keep them close to you And they say, hold on to this time we have Hold on to this time we have